Well, welcome once again. This is 89.1 FM radio coming to you. We're at Lorraine, Ohio is our station, and we're so happy that you tune in again. At this particular time, we're covering some very interesting topics, I believe, David, uh, the last yes. couple weeks. And I think that's true today, but we do appreciate everybody that's tuning in on the radio. Like I said, if there's any problem getting our signal, and maybe if you have static, it's not real clear, you can just live stream us at uh, www.wnzn.org. That's wnzn.org. And so you'll be able to live stream that and hear us pretty good, uh, pretty clearly. So without further ado, last week we actually started on the Beatitudes, which is in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. <clears throat> if you go there and you have a red-letter Bible, you're going to see that they're all uh, red-letter, which means this is Jesus speaking, uh, this long discourse, this teaching slash sermon, mm -hmm. instructions. And just by way of review, we see here that Jesus goes in chapter 5, he goes up on a hill, uh, he sits down, and then he starts teaching. And this is some call this, well, the Sermon on the Mount. Some will call it the, the principles of the kingdom of God, the new covenant. Just as Moses in the Old Testament went up on the Mount, uh, Mount Sinai, and then he, he gets the Ten Commandments and he gets mm -hmm. the law. So too, Jesus is the greater than Moses in the sense that um, he's going to bring in the new covenant. And it's, this is we're going to see this is the new law and right. how we're going to operate in the new covenant. Yeah. Yeah, and John also, um, I think the Sermon on the Mount is his longest teaching, mm -hmm. correct? And um, didn't it take place relatively early in his ministry after he was baptized? Seems to, yeah. Okay, and, and then the other point um, is, I don't think it's wrong to say that this, this teaching really is a central doctrine that forms the basic core of our Christianity, right? Yeah, right. It's going it's to give regulations, it's yeah. going to give principles, laws. And it's very different. It completes or fulfills the Old Testament. We're going right. to see that. Because yeah. we left off, I think if you read 17 through 19, is that, sure. I think that's where we left off. That's sure. a good place to pick it up. Sure, I, I can. Yeah. yeah, the fulfillment of the law. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear... Not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so here we are picking it up. He's mm -hmm. kind of in the intro phase of this uh, message that he's delivering. And he says, th this is very important, that he is not coming to destroy the law of the prophets, mm -hmm. but to fulfill it. So the, the like the prophets told of a coming Messiah. They told of a new covenant. You'll right. see that in Jeremiah yeah. chapter 31. Mm -hmm. And so they were always looking for who is this one that's coming. Of course, the law... That references Moses, the first five books. And the prophets are the balance of the Old Testament, but not including Psalms and Proverbs and the, the, the poetry section. But we see the, constantly you're going to see this word in Jesus' ministry, fulfill, fulfill, fulfill. He's, he's fulfilling all these uh, prophecies and predictions that were in the Old Testament about the right. coming. And then he says, 
this has got to happen. He says, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or tittle, means like a comma or a little period, will not pass from the law to everything is fulfilled. That's why how, how exacting this stuff is. Yeah. And then, of course, the admonition here is um, if, when we're teaching, you have to teach from the Word of God. You can't mislead people. He says, uh, whoever breaks one of these things is going to be judged heavily in the t teaching because it's how important this new kingdom principles that he's given. And then he's going to launch in to this new way of living, so to speak, in the new way that he's bringing. He says in verse 20, For I say to you, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. So he's saying mm -hmm. the Pharisees prided themselves that they kept the law. Right. Real exact, real. But mm -hmm. we're going to see in a minute, they overlooked the really important things like justice and mercy and love and forgiveness. They were more into, are you keeping the Sabbath? Yeah. Are you doing any work on the Sabbath? Did you pay your tithe? Did you, all of this, they, what, what we're going to see is many of them were self-righteous. You see, uh, they didn't have a really under good understanding of what Jesus was about when he came. And he's going to go back to the law. You'll see this in verse 21 and 22. Yeah. He, he goes back to the law, if you want to read it. Sure. Um, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is unanswerable to the court. And anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. So see what he's doing here? Yeah. This comes from the Ten Commandments. Sixth Commandment, thou shalt not kill. He mm -hmm. says, you have heard it said uh, of old, in other words, the Old Testament, the, the law, you shall not kill. Whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But notice what he says here. But I say to you. So he's trumping, so to speak, the law. Do you understand what he's yeah, doing here? Right. They, the, the, the Jewish people knew that God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, right. among other law. Right. But here Jesus is saying, you've heard it said, or it was said mm -hmm. back in the Old Testament, thou shalt not kill. But I say to you, you see the position that Jesus is putting us, who is he that can go above the written law? Yeah. Because he's bringing a higher law now, a fulfilling of the law. Because why? He's going interior. See, the, that that was exterior. Thou shalt not kill. You'd see if somebody came and killed somebody, right? But he's saying here, but I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger. Whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger. And whoever says, you fool, shall be. In other words, this is coming from the heart where you, you have bitterness toward a friend or something. Yeah. He's, he's, remember he says, unless your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees, well, he's exceeding that righteousness because yeah. much of what he's bringing in is interior. Right. It's about the heart. Yeah. It, it doesn't, I mean, he, Jesus is, is become stricter even than, than what exactly. we initially read. Exactly. And he states right. that anger and its after effects are equally grave sin where we're all liable to judgment. Man, that's a tough one. Yeah, you're right, David. He's Man. elevating. Yeah, he is. He, he's not breaking the law, but he's right. elevating. We're going to see that in another moment because he's he's taken to the... See, the heart is the heart of the issue. Right. Okay, literally. He says, therefore, if you bring a gift to the altar, in other words, you go to the temple, you bring in a gift, and you remember 
that you have something against your brother. This is like interior grudge, mm-hmm. unforgiveness, right. bitterness. Leave your gift. That's an external religious practice before the altar. First be reconciled to your brother and then yeah. come and offer your gift. Agree right. with your adversary quickly while you are in the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge and the judge hands you over to the officer. Truly I say that you will by no means get there until all you've paid. In other words, he's emphasizing this idea of forgiveness. You know, that's, and, and that's critical because, you know, obviously there's so much truth to what he's saying because the root cause of all evil is what? Anger. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we can only overcome that with the way he did it, with forgiveness and love. And, you know, when you're thinking about him on the cross after he's beaten and and then put on the cross, and, and that was his program. I mean, that's how he handled it. Boy, that that is that really is a tough that's one. Hard. That I mean, is hard. That's why we need the, the yeah. supernatural strength that we the do. Holy Spirit gives we to do. us and yeah. the Word of God mm-hmm. and the example of other believers. Yes. And then always realize... We we are forgiven people, therefore we can forgive. Yeah, it's like the this is such an important thing uh, in the Christian life, and it's so much when we follow this, it's not easy, but it, it really brings a flourishing life. Yeah, and and you're right about having other believers that can help you through this because I got to tell you, um, you know, the, this is one of the hardest things that I I have to deal with is, uh, you know, just when I get upset or, you know, upset at other people, it just harbors more resentment and it just continues to fester and grow. It's, it's, and and I know that's the enemy, but so one of the ways, John, is what? We can, we can pray for those people when we're feeling this kind of uh, anger towards them. And uh, maybe, you know, you can openly say too, Father, I forgive yeah, is, you, is that a way to do that? Part of the way is yeah. literally, like he says, go to the person. Yeah, physically words, going it, to them. What yeah. if that's, but a lot of times that's not possible because well, they're not, not ready to receive you. Well, whether they are or not, that's not the issue. Because yeah. somebody may receive forgiveness or not. Right. The key is you don't hold forgiveness. Right. Unforgiveness. Yeah. See, it's like a two-way street. Because when we say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So we could be trespassed violated mm-hmm. trespassed against right. us okay yeah and then we should be quick to offer forgiveness right. even if that person doesn't want it right we, but we want to uh-huh. get it out of our heart or we may have trespassed somebody you know we might have whatever cheated insulted right got angry with them and then it, we should either way we're locked in to initiate right either to extend forgiveness or to receive forgiveness yeah you see either right. i ask for somebody to say hey can you forgive me i right. do or Somebody says, I, I hurt you, I did. Right. You can say, I forgive you. Right. It doesn't mean everything's going to be all right. Oh, no, and, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, that's... that's so so if, if you approach them the first time and you do that, are you following his direction here? Yeah, if you sincerely go to that person yeah. and say, again, it could be either way. It right. could be you did something wrong to them and you're saying, right. I, I, I want to... I want to ask your forgiveness. You don't have to I'm keep sorry. going back, no. even if they don't receive your or they accept won't. your forgiveness. They may not. Okay. They if they if they don't accept your they may not your apology, then you can still move on, right? You and you're on. you're following exactly what right. he suggested. Exactly okay. right. And and the idea being that when this is operational, what yeah. Jesus is doing here, David, really, yeah. is he's giving us a whole new way of living. Yeah. A whole new kingdom. Right. We operate on this kingdom. You push, right. I shove. Yeah. You kick yeah. my cat, I kick your dog. Right. You know, it's a yeah. push and shove world. Right. Yeah. But is. he's bringing up this whole new way of living. Mm-hmm. 
You know, this is a very It's powerful. a higher standard. It's a higher standard. It sure is. So what people don't realize is Jesus does much more than salvation, which is great. You know, mm -hmm. he gives us salvation. But he's shown us a new way to live, how to live as husband and wife and parents mm -hmm. and children and friend and uh, employee, employer. You know, it's really <laughs> unbelievable what he's doing here. Right. Now look at the next one if you want to read. 27 through 30. He's going like back okay, through the sure. law, but he's elevating it. Now. So 27, adultery? Down to 20, down to 30. You got it. So you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Now, see what he's doing here? Yeah. Adultery is what? That's the seventh commandment mm -hmm. in the Old Testament. Thou shalt right. not commit adultery. Right. But what is he saying? You have heard yeah. that it was said of old, that's Old right. Testament, yep. the law, you shall not commit adultery. But I say, yeah. do you see what he's doing here? He's it's really another higher standard. Yeah. And who is he yeah. to jump the law unless he's God himself? No kidding. Isn't that Isn't interesting? Isn't that the truth? Yeah. yeah. He's jumped, That's you know. an excellent way to put it. Yeah. You know, because, but also this insight, he's trying to, you know, one thing he said, you know, another uh, John Murthaism is, you know, one of the visuals you gave me is you said, Dave, you know, you can, with, with thoughts, this was related to thoughts, and you said, you can have a bird. You 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 can have a bird fly over your head. Just don't let it nest in your hair. And you know, if you start to look at at these women that are going by, and you start to focus on looking at them, that's where the problem comes in. Exactly. Because then the the bird is starting to nest in your hair. Whereas the Old Testament, right. it was the act. Yeah, they're just. Thou shalt not commit. He's a not. He, yeah, but they're not helping you protect yourself from the act. Right, but yeah. here he's taking it from the external exactly. action to an internal. See how what our Lord is mm -hmm. doing here. Yeah, Christianity is an inside-out religion. Right, it's, it's the heart and yeah. then the mind and then the behavior. That's right. Because why? Character determines conduct. Right. Character determines, and He's focusing on character. Yes. Character is is who mm -hmm. you are in front of God. Reputation is who you are in front of people. A lot of people try to get their reputation, which is good. But who are we when we're alone? Who are we in our secret thought life? Yeah. See, and God sees it all. Yeah. But so back here again, He says. Yeah. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman and lusts for her has already committed adultery in his heart. Yeah. See the heart issue. Yeah. Then he gets really just powerful here because if your right eye causes you to sin, well, if you're looking and that causes lustful thoughts, pluck it out and cast it from you. It is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than your whole body be cast into hell. Now, this is a principle of hyperbole in um, Jewish teaching they yeah. take something to the extreme right now if we were actually to do this we'd all be blind oh. and no hands yeah, right. you know? but what he saw the severity of it mm -hmm. he's shown the severity of it mm -hmm. remember when jesus says whoever wants to follow me let him pick up his cross mm -hmm. and follow me well cross is a is a is a is a instrument of death and so on this let's say on this issue of anger or lust if 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 that's a besetting problem, right, then it has to be put to death. That's why they'll say in Colossians chapter chapter three, 
put to death these things lust and fornication and gossip and all this other right. stuff. We, we put it to death otherwise what we do we just manage sin yes you know but he's using death language here does you know what i'm saying yes if your right eye causes you pluck it out if your right hand causes you to sin cut it off cast it from you better that happen than you're cast into hell yeah. forever yeah See, he's he's really extreme but he's got our best wishes at heart because he's showing us how our righteousness can exceed the righteousness of the law. So, is part of this too um, the sacrifice to separate the cause of the sin from yourself to imply a need for us to repent? So, if we're repenting, um, does that help us through this? You know, is that part of what he's also telling us to do? Yeah, this part of our sanctification. Right. In other yeah. words. Well, he, it gets really practical because yeah. he's saying, look, if you're, if these things are causing, if you know if you go right. and watch those programs, that's going to cause you bad thoughts. Right. Or if you get this magazine, or you hang out with these people, then he says, cut it off in a, in a very practical way. Here's what he says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Mm -hmm. Therefore, put to death, that's that language, your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. But now you yourselves are put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy. See, that's like, that's on us as believers. We're either going to put this thing to death or we're going to, we're not. And it's going to get control over us. Lust, anger, bitterness, revenge. And, and this kind of comes back to um, what, you know, what you and I have been talking about and kind of what you showed me is sometimes you have to uh, step away from your past life mm. because, you know, we've always talked about that we're in a new race now as followers of Christ. It doesn't mean that we are, um, I guess, intentionally criticizing the old race mm -hmm. because that's where I think we become Pharisees, right? And that's that, that's a challenge for all of us. But You mean the old one? Yeah. The, well, uh, you know, kind of our old, our old man, you know, what we were a part of before. Oh, you mean friendships yes. and associations? Yeah, you know, yeah. just all that. So it does help when you start to get into your new communities because they're like-minded. Right. And it makes it easier to follow some of these, uh, you know, oh, yeah. um, guides from Christ. It's a lot easier because you're not being pulled to, to be in bad situations. Yeah, I mean, the Proverbs says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. So yeah. It's true in anything. It's true in, in sports or business. Mm -hmm. If you want to be really successful, right. you get with really successful people right. in that particular This is no field. different. This is no, no it's, different it's, when, you, when you're in the water. Sowing and reaping. Right. And, you know, and, mm -hmm. um, that's the that's best like way to get through this. Yeah. Fellowship is so important because you can see other people. You can kind of model just like in entrepreneurship or if you're an right. artist or a pro golfer. Yeah. There's one thing reading a manual. Mm -hmm. The other thing, if you can hang out with that person, right, you're going to get more than yeah. information. You're going to get inspiration. Absolutely, and you're going to save a lot of time in the growth. Amen to that. Yep. So now he's going to shift gears, but I do think it is interesting. He goes right to the Ten Commandments and yeah. he elevates it. Yeah. He elevates it. He sure does. Do you see how he fulfills the law? Yes. Here's the law. He, mm -hmm. He's mm -hmm. jumping. Okay. Mm -hmm. He's not discounting the law. Do you want to go to thirty-one? Uh, thirty-one through thirty-two. Yeah. Okay. It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, makes her the victim of adultery. 
Okay. Now, isn't this interesting, David? Yeah. This came after the issue of anger and adultery mm -hmm. and now divorce. Mm -hmm. How much does anger and adultery yes. enter into most divorces today? Yes. You see the pattern, the sequence? Lots too. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so now he's saying he's going back to Deuteronomy 24, mm -hmm. verse 1. Mm -hmm. If you want to divorce your wife, is actually fairly easy. I mean, they could write a bill of divorcement. But he says, but I say... Again, look at the position of our Lord. To you, whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality right. causes her to commit adultery. And Now, the issue here is the sanctity of marriage. Mm -hmm. it, right there at the very beginning, yeah. God made them uh, male and female, you know, and the... And the and the, the male shall leave his husband, uh, mother, father, and be clipped to the mm -hmm, wife, and mm -hmm. they would be one. Yeah. And it's actually repeated in Luke chapter 16, verse 18, where he expands on this just a little when our Lord says this, um, verse 18, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. Whoever marries her, is he's, he's kind of repeating uh, these yeah, kind of things, right. you see. But, but that's interesting that anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Yeah, if she left her husband right, for that right. reason. The, for no key, other reason. Well, than... yeah, the key here is, yeah. can adultery be forgiven and a marriage restored? Yes, it, it definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay, But here it's suggested the spouse or the offended, the sinful one, is uh, not, not interested in repentance, not interested in restoration, not right. just abandoning. Uh, it's a serious, well, serious, serious problem. So what if... Um, you know, there's a couple, and one of them is, is is a Christian, and they don't want to get divorced. There hasn't been any sexual immorality, mm. and there's nothing they can do. Mm. Uh, you know, the the spouse will not reconcile. What, well, if he's totally unrepentant, right? Okay. Then, then you got the, uh, again, what I recommend for couples or the that offended party, let's yeah. say it's the wife, mm -hmm. yeah, is to be under pastoral care. Yeah. You know, go to a pastor, maybe a woman. Sure. Minister, counselor, right. and work it through mm -hmm. because you're right. I mean, the guy could be very happy in his adultery yeah. or he might just abandon. Right. That's, this is happening. Yeah. This is like the first commandment God gave. You know, mm -hmm. Jesus will talk to this later mm -hmm. when he says, For this cause a man shall leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one. Yeah. And divorce was never really in God's plan because he says in Ephesians 5, that marriage is like a great mystery. We really don't understand everything that's going on here. And so the pure union of two individuals, it, it makes it no longer two, but right. one. Right. So that is a blessed bond, right? So so that's the reason Jesus is saying what he's saying. Oh, yeah. Because you can't think then like you're a separate entity and just say, I'm not happy, bye-bye. Yeah. I'm, I'm heading out the door. I found somebody else it's or I'm, I'm moving to Tahiti. I'm starting a new life. It tears society apart. Right. Let me give you an example. In the physical, the smallest element out there is an atom, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. An atom. And an atom is composed of nucleus, mm -hmm. electrons, neutrons spinning around, mm -hmm. but they're all held in a certain tension together, and they, they touch others, and you actually form matter out mm -hmm. of those molecules, mm -hmm. etc. What happens if you break and split an atom open? Boom. Yeah. Heat, light, yeah. destruction. Yeah. The smallest molecule, if mm -hmm. I can use it, or yeah. atom, or social uh -huh. unit, 
in society is the marriage, yeah. is the family. Yeah. And what happens if you break that apart? Yeah. It affects 10 other families. It sure does. 10 other families, yeah. you see? And it's, it's, it's extremely dangerous. We treat it, it's not right. It's just, we have a thing like no-fault divorce. Well, it's somebody's fault. <laughs> it's not yeah, God's I mean, fault. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. but the, notice how our Lord is just coming. He is. And, and, he's, and he's, you know, he's exceeding his righteousness above the law. The Could Testament. you imagine listening to this? this oh, I mean, yeah. he's going through everything about how to live. I mean, he's, th this is a class um, um, uh, beyond any class anyone's ever heard. Oh, that's why. Especially at, back in the day. I look what they say imagine. at the end of, when he finishes, look at verse 28 and 29 of uh, chapter 7. Look at the, to your point, David, it was a good point. Matthew Look at their 7. response. Uh-huh. 28 and 29, when he finishes. Let me grab that. 28 and 29. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his <laughs> teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the that? law. Yeah. Because he's coming up this real, yeah. and they're going, what is going on here? You know, he, the, the, we never heard like this before. And the DLB in that, um, hey, He's, he's got to be God in the flesh to do these kind of teachings. And, and what's amazing is he just came out of the, you know, the woodwork, so to speak. This was right after he got baptized, right? Yeah. Where he started his, his uh, after ministry. After the desert right. temptation. Yeah. 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 At least that's what they think. Yeah. So they're probably like, who is this guy? Well, then he's starting to authenticate yeah. with the miracles. You know, Boy, his yeah. words and his works. Those are the keys, David. Words, what we're seeing here, and his works. Then couple onto that the prophetic fulfillment and then couple onto that mm -hmm. that uh, the influence that's had on humankind i mean in three weeks we <laughs> celebrate christmas you know, unbelievable yeah, yeah it is i know it's so unbelievable it's believable it is now he's going to go to oaths in verse 33 to 37 see how okay. these all these practical yeah kind of instructions yeah now he's going to go to oath okay so let me go let me go there matthew 5 Okay, that's 33 through uh -huh. 37. Uh -huh. Okay. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is a footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. <laughs> See? Yeah. Again, he's going back. Um, yeah. Verse 33, you have heard it said. Right. You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oath. So there's about this idea of taking oaths in the Old Testament. But he's saying, but verse 35, but I say to you, do not swear at all. So again, he's... He's fulfilling or he's completing the law, if, if yes. you will. And then he goes on, not by the earth, this planet, which is God's footstool. That's often said in the Psalms. Nor by Jerusalem, which is the city of the great king, which is going to be our Lord. Right, right. right? Um, nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one of your head. In other words, there's nothing on this earth that you're going to call into account that's going to be more than your yes or your no, if you're truthful. This is the, the deal. That's why in the old days, people used to have a handshake. You're, you're, 
your word your word was as good as a as a, as a yes. oath. Remember, that's right. That's how Abs farmers used to operate. That's the way my dad did it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, grandfather I mean, if you did had a it farm the same way. Yeah, and you went to the general mm -hmm. store mm -hmm. and you said, "I need you know right. three sacks of seed. You I need my some word. gasoline. Yeah. Let's shake on it." And then your harvest mm -hmm. comes in, and you go back right. and you repay, and you you know right. But <laughs> we're in a different place now. Big time. Where even the swearing of an oath doesn't mean anything. Look at all the trials going on, and people are openly lying on the stand. I know. Because it, to be a person of integrity, your yes is yes, your no is no. That's that's, that's, that's all that's there is a, to say yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, boy. So you see what our Lord's doing. He's yeah. given new kingdom principles of how to live life, how to live life. Now the next one is big because it has to do with retaliation. Oh, eye for an eye. Verse 38 through 42. You got it. You have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take you your shirt, hand over the coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. See it? Wow. Did you see that? Man. So now again, he's... He's elevating this. This actually tooth for a tooth comes from the Old Testament in uh, yeah. Exodus twenty one twenty four, where it says an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand, a foot for a foot. Now again, this wasn't so much vengeance, but this was to keep uh, things equitable. So in other words, if mm. if somebody threw something yeah. and hit me and put out my eye, I I didn't have the right to go kill him. Because that would be over the top in terms of right. justice. Yeah. So they said eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, keep things equal in the payback, if you will, in your justice system. But again, Jesus is going to elevate that here. Do you see this, David? It's a really so, so when he did this, because he's kind of uh changing the old testament a bit, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So Fulfilling. absolutely. How is that perceived? Because it's almost like he's uh, critiquing the Old Testament in a way and saying, well, that's not really right. This is the way to do it. He does say that's right, but he's in a sense he's saying it's incomplete. Incomplete, okay. He's coming to Same. fulfill. If you if you fulfill something, like your bottle of water, right. if you fill it to what is lacking, okay? Right. So they knew this new covenant was coming right. where God's going to put the law in your heart and give you the Holy Spirit and these kind of things. He's showing you how does this work itself out. Okay, How does yeah. this work itself out? And now again, in the modern day world, this is this is how people live. I mean, tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, and this happened literally to Jesus. Yes. At his trial. Remember yes, they it slapped did. Him Absolutely, him. right. So he doesn't give us any teaching that he doesn't <clears throat> enact. That's, that's the thing to remember. And if he, <laughs> anyone wants to sue you and take your... Tunic, let him take your cloak also. Now, this does not mean you, you can't go to the law. Because Paul uses the law. You know, that he's mm -hmm. a Roman citizen. Why are you whipping me? These kind of things. But it's suggested here. It doesn't say if somebody sh strikes you or, or beats you up. If they slap you, which implied here is an insult. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Insulted. Yeah. Don't go. They, whoever <clears throat> compels you to go one mile, go the extra. Here's where we get the term. Go the extra mile. Give to him who asks, and from him who wants to borrow from. So he's 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 bringing a new attitude, a new character, of um, 
you're forgiving, you're gentle, you don't retaliate. You go a little bit above and beyond. If somebody says, can you do this? You go, I'll do this and that, you know. So he's, he's, he's trying to get into these people's minds and hearts. There's a new way of living coming. It's a whole new way of living. It, it, this can transform the world. Sure if can. we live by these basic Boy, principles. would it ever. It really would. Would it ever. You know, <clears throat> and then mm-hmm. he comes to, now he comes to this whole thing with love where it's, uh, this is the big one. Yeah, you know, right. So to speak. Yeah. Love, love for enemies. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, Matthew 5, uh, 43 through uh, 48, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. <laughs> uh-huh. Man. See? So now <laughs> this is the heart of the issue. I'm not perfect. Are you kidding? Well, yeah, th- this is this is something else. This I mean, was yeah. Old Testament. This is, yeah. Love your neighbor. Right. Hate your enemy. Right. Now, that was standard fare, right? Mm-hmm. But I say to you, yeah. love your enemies. I mean, when Jesus goes and heals the Roman centurion's right. servant, there, there it is. That was their That's enemy. That's just one of them, there. right. That was their enemy. Yeah. When Jesus is on the cross with nails in his hands mm-hmm. and he's saying, Father, forgive them for they don't know what the, He's forgiven his enemies. Yes, he has. That's what I'm saying. He, he's showing us. He's not even just telling You're right. us. right. His whole life is an example of exactly. this sermon. Right, right. It's an example of this sermon. And, and yes. this, this is very powerful because when he says, bless those and pray for those who so sometimes we might be remotely distanced from a person that really did us harm but we can pray for them when you pray for somebody that's harmed you you are you are closing the door for where the enemy could get a, a foothold in you for for revenge for bitterness for anger especially when you pray for that person because the enemy does not want you to pray for an enemy <laughs> what i'm saying the enemy well i'm talking about the devil satan and his minions but when you can turn that and say yeah, this guy really messed me up. He re- cheated me in <clears throat> business, but I'm going to pray for him. That doesn't mean you're going to well, wipe away all the debts. Yeah, it's interesting because he's suggesting that our enemy is the one that prevents us from keeping the law. Mm-hmm. So if if you you know now now that I think about it, if I think about it that way, it's easier to swallow mm-hmm. because then it's not. It's not, um, I can kind of remove myself a little bit and realize what the situation is right. for what it is. And then you you start to think, it's. we've always said this is not about flesh and flesh. It's about, you know, spiritual right. warfare. Right. And and that's what this is. Especially at this level when he says, yeah. um, he says, you pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you might be the sons of your father in heaven. He makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? They didn't have a very good reputation back then. And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more to others? Do not even tax In other words, go beyond the normal. Go beyond everyday life because this is kingdom principles he's saying here. 
greet the person that doesn't know you well. And don't just be out for your own family and your own friends. You right. Know? Widen the circle. Well, and that that's he's saying that's easy to do. Uh-huh. Right? So, um, yeah. No, no, this is... Wow. And again, he, he who does he... He reaches out to the leper. He reaches out to the widow. He reaches out to the Roman centurion. He reaches mm-hmm. out yeah. to people that abused and mm-hmm. misused him. Peter denied him. He restores mm-hmm. Peter. You know, all these guys. So he models what he messages here, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. But he, again, do you notice it's all about a change of character? It is. A change of character. And um, But, you know, doesn't this tie in too nicely to, to my yoke is easy? Yeah. I guess my if you're right, yeah, my burden's light and my yoke is easy, it, and and this probably does give him, you know, it would give us too inner peace because I think the biggest thing that uh, that grudges do to us and anger does to us is it hurts our health, it oh, hurts yeah. our spiritual health, so our physical health, our mental health, sleep, and if we can just get by ourselves. And follow this a little bit, you know. Again, for me, it's a daily grind with this, but I do see the benefit and the outcome when I do follow it. Oh yeah, for sure. Big time. Yeah, yeah. Because the burden's off you, the stress gets off you a bit too. And it's a whole new way of living. Yeah, it is. And it's not easy, but and it's not instantaneous, but it is a process. Oh boy, we're growing, we're growing, we're growing, and. Therefore, he ends up in verse 48. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect because you're manifesting attributes of of God in a sense. That is in terms of forgiveness, compassion, mercy, uh, reaching out to the downtrodden or somebody that's somewhat marginalized. You know, it's so so here's so what he's saying there. Right, John, is the fact that his children of God. We are trying to be more godlike. Yeah, because so that so that we can show the unbelievers what God looks like. Yeah, right, and that's how we're supposed to be the light. So He's giving us the formula on how to do it. Right. I mean, He's given us the formula on how to be perfect. Well, He said earlier. He says, "Let let let your light shine before men, that they might see your good works and glorify God." Mm -hmm. So He's saying, "Be like this, and you're going to make it." You're going to make it easier for somebody to, to think about God or, mm-hmm. to, or to be, uh, you know, like, wow, what's the... What, There's something different about that something person. Different, yeah. You see? And that causes right. some curiosity. Yes. Because, but you're moving after a person comes to salvation. What the main prayer of Paul and these guys is, is that we would be conformed to the image of Christ. See, an original image of man, mm-hmm. we were made in the image of God, but mm-hmm. it was broken. Oh, yeah. Severed. And we're just broken. And then mm-hmm. God comes in through Jesus and he makes us a new creature. That's why it'll say in Corinthians, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. But we have to now cooperate with that process. He's going to give us the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. He's given us his word, the right. scriptures. He's given us each other, fellowship. But it's on each Christian now to be conformed to the image of Christ. Right. It's, it's what was called our sanctification. Yep. So where I used to get angry, maybe I, I don't get as angry, or I mm-hmm. got victory over that, or this or that, and you start moving into more of a Christ-like yes. uh, personality, if I can say that: love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, all the fruit of the Holy Spirit you see in right. in Galatians uh, yeah. chapter. Okay, so 
that's the goal, you know, moving forward. And he, he's kind of showing us this here. Yeah. We won't complete this today, but no. we'll just go down a little bit more in um, chapter 6. The idea this is coming in, uh, after love, and now he's going to do this uh, thing about, um, yeah, chapter 6, verse 1. Sure. Uh, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So see what he's saying here? Right. If you if you call attention to yourself when you do a good deed, and people say, boy, you're a good guy. Yeah. Or they put your name on a plaque, or they do something. You, he says you received your reward. Right. And he'll expand on that in verse um, in verse 2. Um, in verse 2. Right. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, is the... Um, hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. So so the idea being here, of course, yeah. men want men to praise them. Men want, But if you do good deeds anonymously, you just do it. You just gave the money or you do the deed, uh, good deed, mm -hmm. not to expect anything. Now, people may see it and right. call attention yeah. to it. But if you do it with the attitude, I'm doing it under the Lord, you're going to receive a reward. Right. If you do it, you constantly want men to acclaim you and give you glory and whatever. You've received your reward, Jesus. Right. Says. You received your reward. Because yeah. it was it was motivated by a selfish motive, perhaps. Right. Pride. I want to be acknowledged. Yeah. I want to be recognized. <laughs> I want I want them to put a plaque up somewhere. Sure. So, you know, hey. You know, I, I did it. Now, verse 3 and 4, he tells us the positive side of that. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Okay. Now, yeah. he just talked about giving where they blew the trumpet, right? Right. Well, this might have been a practice in the temple when somebody's come with a large stone. Oh. And people would oh. see it. Yeah. Okay. Public. The acclaim of man. This is private. Go in. Don't let your right hand see what your left hand. Your heavenly father will see it. Nobody on earth may know about it. They just know there was a donation or whatever happened. But your heavenly father saw it and he'll reward you for right. that. So do you understand? One's right. public, one's private, one's for the praise of men, one's for the praise of God. One, right. One has a temporal. Right. Um, the other uh, has not. And right. so that's, that's how it rolls. Yeah. You see? Wow. So now he's going to go into the idea of prayer. Same thing here. Uh, we, I think we went over the Our Father. We did. Degree, did we, no? we did, yes. Um, but the first part of it, it ties in with this. If you look at verse 5 and 6, David. Yeah. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have reconciled the reward in full. But when you pray, go into the room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Okay, now notice again. Public. Right. To be seen of men. Yeah. To be rewarded of men. Right. The other is private. Go into this, your closet. Go into the room. Shut the door. Mm -hmm. You pray. Your Heavenly Father who sees in secret will what? Reward you openly. Yes. You see, there, there's yep. the difference. And you see that in the scripture where these guys literally, they would wear special clothing. Yeah. They'd want to be seen. Right. If they're at a banquet, they want to be at the chief seat. And, and it, it, Jesus even gives the example 
where the wealthy guy goes into the temple and the poor man goes in, the tax collector, and he says, uh, Lord, I'm not like this one. I tithe, I do this, I do that. And the little guy went in and he says, Lord, forgive me. He says, I'm a sinner. I, and he says, which one of them went home justified? He says, the guy that was humble. The other guy wanted to be seen. Mm -hmm. I'm a good guy. Mm -hmm. I did this. I did that. So you, again, you see how the Lord is going interior, yes. like almost anonymously to live this spiritual life. Right. It's not to be seen of men. Although men will see it, you're going to be manifested when, you know, your character is changing. You do good works. But he does come about this, number one, when you do charitable deeds, do it secret. You'll be rewarded. Yeah. When you pray, do it secretly. And then he is going to jump to... The idea of fasting. These three things, you'll see it in verse 16 and 17. Because we did, we covered the Our Father, I think, in some detail. We did. Weeks ago. We sure did. So if you look at verse uh, 16 through 18, he'll go about the third okay. thing to be done in secret. Uh, when you fast, do not look somber as the uh, hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, do you see this? Yeah, same concept. So, same thing. Yeah. so these are the three main pillars of Christian devotion here. Right. Number one is, is the whole idea of giving, charitable giving. Mm -hmm. Two, of praying. And three of fasting. Right. Now, it is interesting. All three of these, the Pharisees and them, practiced publicly because they wanted to be seen of right. men. Right. Even fasting, they would go around maybe with sackcloth. Look at me. This is my second day fasting. Mm -hmm. I'm doing mm -hmm. three days. He says, no. He says, just anoint your head. In other words, go about with a smile. You don't even have to tell people you're fasting. God knows if you're fasting. But the early church fasted. Because yeah. Jesus will even say here... Um, he says, but when you fast, notice verse 17, not if you fast. Mm -hmm. He says, but when you fast. He says the same thing when they say, uh, they say the disciples come to Jesus and says, look, the Pharisees, their disciples fast. And John the Baptist, he says, why don't we fast now? He says, the bridegroom is with you. When he goes, then you will mm -hmm. fast. Mm -hmm. And if you look at Acts 13, the church in Antioch is actually fasting and praying. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit says, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for this mm -hmm. missionary mm -hmm. work. But it seemed like it was a practice yeah. in the early church. Right. And we've forgotten it by and large. Yes, The whole we thing did. of fasting. Right. And fasting, you know, we could do a whole show on that. I think we did do it two years ago. I think we maybe. did. That was a while ago. We yeah. can pick it up again because it's extremely oh. important in terms of spiritual growth. It's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really very helpful. Yep. So... So there we see. I do want to maybe, since we're on fasting, yep. I wanted to look at Isaiah 58 for a moment. Sure. And just look at this idea of fasting. I think some of the listeners may not be familiar with some of the um, uh, directions when you uh -huh. when you do fast. Right. So you, there's a false fast and there's a true fast. Um, if you see in verse three and four, what we would call a false. Fast, or it's done for the wrong reasons. You can see that. Uh, why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. 
Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. See that? Yeah. It's the heart's not right. No. But now, here's the one that God chooses, okay? Mm -hmm. Look at verse um, 6. And just go through 6 through 8. Let's do that. It's not this kind of fasting I have chosen to lose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. It is not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter. When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of God will be your rear guard. In verse 9. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. There you go. Yep. You see that? Do you see those benefits? Oh, heck yeah. Breaking bondages and, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. answers to prayer and all that. That's the real fast. And God, it's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament, and it's here in the Sermon on the Mount. It's that important. These three things, right. do in private, mm-hmm. giving, praying, fasting. God who sees in private rewards you openly. Right. Now that's, he, these aren't suggestions. No. You know, I mean, these are principles of the kingdom living. And some of us can fall short. I guess we all fall short. But he's calling us to a high level of, of um a flourishing Christian life. Is here. he ever? Yeah, yeah. Which is what you that. want. Right. You want the right. ideal. Yeah. You know, and then we work towards. We that strive ideal. towards it every day. So then, the uh, Lord is going to shift, so to speak, in, in this whole thing. Now He's going to come up into possessions. If you look at ch- same chapter, but like nineteen through through twenty one. Okay, are you saying? Uh... What, Isaiah 58? Uh, no, I'm sorry, David. Back to the Sermon on the Mount, okay. chapter 6. Uh, Sermon on the Mount. And now he moves from this idea of these three things to be done in secret. Now he's going to come out and talk about the material wealth. Treasures in heaven? Yeah, verse 19. Sure. Uh, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moss and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moss and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay, so now what he's focusing on is this idea of of looking for wealth or material gain, almost in an obsessive way, and to the diminishing of um, what he already talked about, spiritual rewards. That's why he says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves... In other words, we can use what we have here on earth, time, talent, treasure, money, skill set, to be about the work of the Lord. No matter what we do, we can glorify God. It says, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. It says that in Corinthians. But here, too many people, that their whole life is about wealth. And he says... That's not going to make it, you know, because you forget about God. And and he says, uh, it's not money that's the root of all evil, as it says in Timothy. It's the love of money is the root of all evil. Money can actually be used for good. Yes, it can. Right. It's Mm -hmm. kind of neutral in some ways. Right. For good or bad. It's like TV. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be very instructional. It could Mm -hmm. be entertaining. Yeah. Or it could be very bad. Internet, same thing. Right. (laughs) But what the idea of money... um, 
it, it can be problematic. And, it, and we see it in our culture today mm-hmm. where the whole issue of life becomes accumulating, accumulating, accumulating. And Jesus gives an interesting parable of about a man who had a very successful business and he 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 tore down barns because he had to enlarge the barns. And, and he ends up prospering. Well, there's nothing wrong with him prospering and have a great growth year. Yeah. And he tears down these barns. And then he says, take ease on my soul, right. for I am wealthy. I did this. Mm-hmm. I did that. And then it says, God says, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. He did everything but he forgot about God. <laughs> That's why you'll see him say, I, I, I did this. The whole deal is is, is to put it all in, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, mm-hmm. then all these other things be added to you. You know, but we see it all around us. Really wealthy people, broken relationships, divorce, addictions, no spiritual mindedness, and they get to the end of their life and they're wondering, you know, I got all this, but what's coming next? You know, when I die. Right. We know that's going to happen. Right. And we know that, in a sense, wealth has a certain uncertainty to it. Our economies yeah. grow like this and that. But uh, this is a big issue. The way I do it, when I was teaching villagers, I would take a coin. And I would, uh, it was like a quarter, you know. And I would I would put it right close to my eye and shut my other eye. And i say, what do I see? they say, well, you see the coin. They call it a bot. It was like a quarter. And I go, I can't see any. I can't see you guys. I can't see the trees outside. I can't see anything, right? They go, no, all you can see. Then I put it out here at arm's length, and I say, what do I see? They say, well, you still see the coin, but now you see us. You yeah. see the trees. Yeah. You see the birds. Did the, did the amount change? No. It's the same amount of money, the coin, but it was all about my perspective. Did it dominate my life and my viewpoint? Or did I that's keep good. it in the right balance? I like but that. But the value didn't change. No. You understand this principle? Yeah. That, that's a great yeah. great visual, John. Yeah, it's a great visual. To, it sure is. To realize, I think God really, in many ways, we'll start wrapping this up, David, and we do appreciate everybody tuning in today, WNZN right here at 89.1 FM Radio. Looking forward to continuation of this study, mm-hmm. but um, it's amazing when you study this Sermon on the Mount and what our Lord is called to. But I found out in my travels, right. when a person really comes to Christ, right away they have a certain amount of money that they used to spend on, on bad things, like tobacco, alcohol, drugs, pornography. All of a sudden, they're not spending it on that anymore. Right? I'm talking about a victorious Christian mm-hmm. life. Number two, they tend to become savers. They start saving. Number three, they tend to start giving a tithe or mm-hmm. offering. Mm-hmm. You know, they put their place... Right. I'm not saying do that to get financial blessing, but they put themselves in a certain stream, so to speak, where it's easy to see them getting blessed. And then they pray. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. And I'm not a prosperity preacher, teacher kind of guy, but I have seen there's a certain amount of blessing that goes in the life of somebody that's really committed to Christ. They can still go through difficulty yeah. and hardship, but nevertheless, you see, because these components are coming in, you know, not spending it on sinful activities. So you got that money. You're not crazy gambling and all that. The other thing you're giving to the poor, you're giving to the church to support God's kingdom work. Okay. The other, you learn how to pray. You have not because you ask not. So maybe you do need a car that's more reliable than the car mm-hmm. you Maybe you do need God to give you favor to open the door that you can help your business to expand to 
provide work for more employees. Mm -hmm. So all of these things you're starting to enter in to kingdom principles, and I think there's a certain reward in that. Yeah. We could do a show on that sometime. That'd be a good show. It's not a prosperity, health, wealth, everything's going to turn out well, but it is a certain something that does happen. I've seen this here and overseas where I've been in ministry. uh, But anyhow, we'll pick that up at a later note, and we'll continue our study. on the Sermon on the Mount, although next week I think we have a special guest that's a missionary that might Terrific. be calling in. And uh-huh. then the next show after that I'd like to do all on Christmas, the prophecies in Christmas. Right. And what makes it so unique, you know, that we celebrate yeah. this one birthday. So we can take a break then yeah. for the next couple of weeks. Well, next week we're looking to have a missionary on. Right. And then we can do the Christmas and then, yeah. We'll, we'll take, take a break, break. from yeah. Sermon on the Mount and yeah, then come yeah, back yeah, exactly to it after right, the David. holiday. Terrific. Okay, well, thanks again for tuning in. Thanks, David, for the Yeah, insight. great to be here. Have a, have a great weekend, everybody. God bless you all.